It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Forever Dog I used to think that this was my town What a stupid thing to think I hear you biting off a brain down I myself am on the brain I used to want to be a real man I don't know what that even means What's up, 3Bs? What's up, Diamond Dogs? What's up to my athletic gerbils? Guess what? It's Rhea Butcher here, the host of Three Swings. Shout out to Jason Isbell and the 400 unit for letting us use this wonderful song. I still, I still, I still think it's a banger. It's a big old banger. I did my Spotify roundup. Jason Isbell's on there, but uh, Tupelo was my number one song of 2018. Look, I'm going through some shit. I should say went through, but do we ever stop going through some shit? I don't think we do. What's up, everybody? If you're going through some shit, I see you. I feel you. I understand. And if you're one of those people that's like, no, you don't. Why are you listening to my podcast? (laughs) You know I'm into all this lovey-dovey stuff. So why are you listening to me? Are you hate listening to me? You shouldn't do that. We should never hate listen to anything. Shouldn't hate watch anything. You shouldn't hate read anything. You should only love watch, love read, love listen. You know what I mean? Come on. We only get so much time on this planet Earth. We shouldn't be listening to stuff that we don't like. So, anyway. Shout out to the rest of you who like this show and are listening to it. I appreciate you. And you're doing it for the right reasons. It is easy to feel like there's a lot of people that don't like you if you use the internet often. <laughs> I think sometimes people who comment on my stuff forget that. That, like, I don't have that many followers. But it's enough that enough people are like, you're stupid on a regular basis. <laughs> In not so many words. So then when I finally say something about it, then people are like, what's wrong with you? Well, the internet. The internet's what's wrong with me. Um, I hope everybody's doing good. I uh, did my Spotify roundup, as I was saying. Pretty interesting. A lot of country-style music. And uh, for whatever reason, Boy Genius isn't listed as Boy Genius on Spotify. So Boy Genius wasn't my number one thing that I've listened to. But I think everybody that uh, knows me as a human being, that's my number one for this year. Send me your number ones if you feel like it. Um, also, just like pretty rad. I've been listening to the uh, top 28. Top 28? Wow. Hey, everything's fine. I've only had half my coffee this morning. <laughs> Listen to the... I, I'm I'm a, a fourth of the way in to uh, the top 50 albums of uh, 2018 via NPR. Um, all songs considered. Pretty great list this year. It's always a good list because it's the top albums, you know? But, like, this one's really enjoyable. And uh, it's on Spotify, and you can just listen to the whole thing. The top ten were all by women. 
And like the top 11 was also like a band fronted by a woman. And then the top 12 includes Boy Genius. And then like I think 15 was Courtney Barnett. So like there's a lot of women on that list, which was really cool. Um, I myself am a person who is tired of, oh, it's the year of the woman. It's like, no, 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 no. We're not doing that anymore. Not because I don't think, not because of any reason other than every time we're like the year of, it allows there to be an end and a beginning, beginning of a thing. As opposed to going like, oh, look at this. <laughs> oh, uh, shit. Mu women make music too. I forget this all the time. It's easy to forget because uh, we live in a weird culture that likes to put people in boxes and keep them in those boxes, put those boxes back in a closet somewhere. So complicated. So complicated, yet so, so silly. Um, so I wanted to do a review of a movie with my friend Paul F. Tompkins, but my life got in the way. So I appreciate everybody's understanding, continued understanding through this year. Um, you know, I'm just going to be honest. It's been pretty rough. It's been pretty rough to uh, uh, organize your life. I should say reorganize your life after you have, you know, set up a life and then that life changes and you got to keep doing the things that you regularly do. Uh, and then also just sort of reorganize everything around and within that. And, uh, unfortunately, sometimes this podcast has suffered for it because it's a weekly show and it's really tough to keep up a weekly show, especially now that there's no like major league baseball actively happening. There are other things, but it's tough to set aside the time right now when I could use the time to set up my life. So I appreciate everybody's, uh, sticking by me and keep keeping on listening to the show while I'm getting everything figured out. And I say this not for pity or, well, empathy is a thing that's nice, but just because uh, it's complicated. And I'm sure there's other people going th through stuff. Everybody's going through stuff to some degree all the time. And uh, hopefully you can relate. And I appreciate you relating and I appreciate you listening. Um, baseball is something that's gotten me through this year. It's funny because I've had you know, Major League Baseball get me through things in years before where watching it, paying attention to it, focusing on it, kind of living in it, breathing in it has uh, given me something to focus on and, and something outside of myself or something outside of my life. And, you know, you're, you want your team to win and you want them to go all the way and then you focus on that thing and it helps you to take a break from the thing that's really difficult and hard in your life. And uh, actually this year... What did it for me was actually playing baseball. And so that was just a nice change because I honestly got to a point in this baseball season where I was like, I don't give a shit about any of this, <laughs> which was kind of fun because if you sustain loving baseball to the level that it's getting you through life every season, you need to do some other stuff maybe. Now, remember I didn't say if you like baseball, something's wrong with you when I said was... If you focus that hard all the time, like maybe you should uh, diversify your portfolio of focus. I guess that's all I'm trying to say. So even though I went from, I was really focused on baseball too. I was really focused on baseball. It's two different kinds of baseball as far as I'm concerned. Anyway, um, yeah. So who knows? I'm rereading The Argonauts by Maggie Nelson. I highly recommend her work. She's fantastic. That's a good one. <laughs> that's a good thing to do. I started reading. I started meditating. I already told all of you about that. I don't need to tell you a million times. Um, but it's really helping me out a lot. Everything's changed a lot. And I will say this, like, 
I think it's easy for people outside of my situation to maybe think, oh, life is terrible. And at certain points, it really was, because sometimes things make your life terrible, and then you feel terrible, but then you get through them, and, you know, the, like, cliches of it makes you stronger is, like, true, you know? It didn't make me stronger. I'm just a strong person that went through some shit, and so the strength is renewed, you know? Um, And just, like, the experience of life is tough. There's no villain in any stories, and... It's it's just tough. Like life can be tough, and <laughs> that's that's the same thing as baseball. That's the whole thing that this podcast has been about. Is like, you know, Rick Manning said in a broadcast of the Cleveland baseball team this year. He said, "You get three swings in this game," and I kind of feel like that's how life is. Except you get way more than three swings at everything. I feel like, but uh, you get three big ones. I feel, and hopefully, I've only taken one so far (laughs) and uh you know i'm just happy to be in the box so we'll be back right after this Uh, i'm gonna do a rundown of the trades and uh then at the end i'll figure something else to talk about (laughs) we'll be back right after this would you buy a t-shirt for fifty dollars if you knew it only cost seven dollars to make we wouldn't with everlane you never overpay for quality clothes Everlane only makes premium essentials using the finest materials without traditional markups, and they tell you their real costs, so you know you're never overpaying. Everlane wants you to know what you're paying for and why. They are radically transparent about every step in their process, from the materials they use to the ethical factories they work with. And because Everlane sells directly to you, their prices are 30 to 50% lower than traditional retailers. Everlane's clothes look better, cost less, and last longer. I love Everlane's clothes. I'm sure you're always like, man, Rhea Butcher looks real snazzy on their Instagram. I wonder where I could get those clothes. Guess what? This new black jacket that I've been wearing, it's from Everlane. You can get it from Everlane. I love their stuff. I got some of their t-shirts. I have some of their button button ups. I love it. I have a duffel bag that I really like. It's real good shit. And essentials like their Cotton Crew t-shirt are exactly what they should be. Simple, stylish, and made from quality materials. And right now, you can check out our personalized collection at everlane.com baseball. Plus, you'll get free shipping on your first order. That's everlane.com baseball. Everlane.com baseball. All right, we're back. Thanks for listening to that lovely ad. Person reading them sounds cool. So when I started doing this podcast, I did start doing it in the off season, and I really don't care about trades and shit like this but like you know this is the stuff that's happening right now there's winter leagues yes but because my focus is so strong on major league baseball sorry i'm i'm literally yawning it's eight in the morning and i woke up (laughs) i should just leave it at that i woke up so i'm yawning um i hope everybody's sleeping okay that's something that i learned i was still able to do Anyway, I didn't really, I don't, I just don't, I'm not like a Wall Street kind of person. I don't really care about these trades. Like, I mean, it interests me to the level that like it's happening, but I think last season with the Otani stuff and like how literally every day my phone was getting like seven or eight notifications about where he was going to end up. And I, I just like, I'm happy for the guy. Like he's great for baseball, but like, good Lord, do I not need to talk about this? But I understand like people who are paid to talk about baseball have to create a job <laughs> in the off season 
But boy, oh boy, is it ridiculous. I mean, I was texting with a friend who's a Cubs fan about, like, all these trade rumors, and then none of this shit came through. It's just so ridiculous. Also, speaking of that, so the Cubs decided to keep Addison Russell. And I just, I read Theo's statement. I didn't read the whole article about it, but I read his statement, and I agree with his sentiment, which is, you know, if we're going to stick with the player during the good times, then we got to stick with him during the bad times. But I would say that you did do that already. You did stick with that guy during the bad times when this came out the first time. And now it's just coming out again. And you're reminded how bad he is. And that you didn't do anything the first time. So what are you going to do this time? What's going to be different? Because you didn't admit to the fact that you stuck with him the first time. And now you're like, whoopsie daisy. And it's complicated. It's com- it is complicated. All of these things are complicated. This is also, I think, the reason why I kind of lost it for Major League Baseball. There's too many men in Major League Baseball who hit people. And those people, 99% of the time this season were women. Specifically, women that they claim to love or care about. These are the same men who will preen about, about t- salute to service. You know, women are service members, too. They'll preen around about what a man is and who who this and I'm a, all this shit. But then they'll go out, have a couple drinks. A woman will say something they don't like or do something they don't like. They'll beat the shit out of her, get arrested and say there's two sides to every story because they don't want to lose their job or they don't think she's worth it. That's the other thing. That's the other thing we don't think about when... We talk about domestic violence. I mean, number one, we just talk about it as like this cloud hanging over everything. And we don't talk in specifics. Partially because the laws have changed and you can't talk about specifics because it it uh, affects people's view on the case. And in doing so, we make so much more space for the perpetrator to, to change the narrative, to be the, the owner of the narrative. Because the woman can't say anything. The police don't release anything. You don't see photos. There's no witness accounts. And so you just fill in the gaps because that guy's out there yapping about what did and didn't happen. And in our culture, it's a lot easier to go, it probably didn't happen because you don't want to believe it. And everybody that's listening going, no, I think it did happen. I'm not talking about you. I'm talking about our culture. I'm the type of person that errs on the side of the person that has the black eye. And I'm sure many of you that listen to the show are as well. And each one is, each, each situation is complicated. I'm not saying that, that it isn't. And I, what I'm saying is I err on the side of this. You know, when we say believe women, that phrase that people say on the internet a lot, you know, I like to also, in my own mind, go believe survivors and believe the people who say something happened to me. Because while we do need to focus on the fact that, like, we don't listen to specifically women because they are women, we also just don't listen to people who say, this happened to me, because we don't want to believe it. Because human beings are animals when it comes down to it, and if you believe something bad happened, then that might mean that something bad happened, and we might have to do something about it. It's a lot, I don't know, more evolutionary, uh, like, built into our brains to go, everything's fine, and just keep barreling ahead through space. So, when I say that I err on the side of that, I simply say I put more of my focus and understanding and belief that something did happen until I find out that it didn't. And in the case of, let's say, Roberto Osuna, Stephen Wright, uh, who else? <laughs> There's too many. 
and none are coming to my mind. Aroldis Chapman. None of these, no, nothing has come out of about any of these guys that I have mentioned that has said, you know what, this didn't happen. So why would I believe that it didn't? Everything is ongoing. Why would I believe that none of this happened when nothing has come to light that says it didn't? Because you better believe if something did, all of MLB, all of these things would be talking about it. They're not because it hasn't happened. So the thing about Addison Russell is they have stuck around. And I just got to say, like, I I know that I am, uh, you know, look, I was raised a Cleveland fan. I still have fandom for that team. Wahoo is finally gone, which I'm really excited about. I'm glad that it's gone. I've talked about this incessantly, so I don't think I need to get into it. And I think I got into the specifics of it the last time, which is to say, okay, the logo's gone now. They're not changing the name right away. My focus is going to be more so on indigenous and native people's other issues like missing and murdered indigenous women. So that's gone. I'm a Cleveland fan and I have a chip on my shoulder about Chicago beating them. That was in air quotes. Um, And the, the whole narrative around that World Series and the fact that everybody has so conveniently forgotten that Aroldis Chapman was on the mound for almost every game in the last half of the series to, from the beginning, from game two. And that did, dude did some terrible shit to a girlfriend or a wife. I can't remember. And so I just have lost it for the Cubs. I just have no respect for that organization. <laughs> to pick up Aroldis Chapman and not give a shit about what he did. To roll with uh, Addison Russell. To pick up uh, Daniel Murphy. I mean, I just don't know what they're doing. And I even am not that. I'm like lukewarm on Daniel Murphy because at least he's not like hitting a human being. I think also words like that can do a lot of damage to a lot of people, and I don't think it's uncomplicated. Again, I've talked about it. I think there's room for what he's doing. I mean, I will say Kevin Hart just like had to back out of the Oscars because he wouldn't apologize for an old homophobic tweet. And like, yeah, I believe that like people can change, and I really do. I really do think that. I really do think that you can say something in 2011 that you wouldn't say in 2018, not because you PC culture has run amok or whatever bullshit reason. I think you literally can go like, oh, damn, I wouldn't say that anymore because I've like met people. I, my, my brain and my heart have changed. I understand how damaging this is. So say that and say sorry about it. I wouldn't say it now and just apologize I don't really know what happened because I was kind of off the internet. I don't know if I had anything to do with that because I did retweet that tweet that he said. But the thing about that and the reason I brought it up, and this is what I've always said about these issues in baseball, is kids are watching, man. Kids are watching. Little girls, little boys, kids outside the binary, trans kids are watching this sport and falling in love with it. And A, you're setting an, a horrific example for them that it is okay to to hit somebody it's okay to physically hurt someone that you love because like everybody will stick up for you and you just gotta like not do your job for 15 days and then you can go back to work and everybody will line up and say everybody makes mistakes yes everybody does make mistakes it's a huge mistake domestic violence is a huge problem in our country in the globe, but specifically in America, because that's where I live and I haven't really lived anywhere. I haven't lived, I literally haven't lived anywhere else. So only speak for my own backyard. It's a huge problem. I grew up soaked in it in my neighborhood. 
every single house in my neighborhood was affected by domestic violence. Every single house. I'm sure many of you were raised in the same environment. It's everywhere. It's pervasive and it's a cycle. You see it happen, you do it. Somebody watches you do it, they do it. And it just keeps going. And when you excuse this behavior on this kind of level in a sport that's that literally means nothing, that we are paying men millions of dollars to play and women don't get paid to play it, they don't get to do it, we barely get to cover it in media, we barely get to be part of the organizations, and you're going to, some of you are like, yeah, but they are, we don't. Show me a front office that is 100% women, and then I'll say, yeah, we've done it now. <laughs> That's the thing about representation. You get one, two, three, four, five, or six even, and people are like, look, you've made it. No, no, this game's been around for 100 years, and we haven't. And most women who play sports don't even want to get paid the same amount. They just want to get paid. So, man, I'm deviating into so many different fractured things, but hopefully this is why you download my podcast. But my point is, I don't know what my point is. I don't like the Cubs, and I don't like what they're doing. And you can pull this bullshit, oh, we're going to stick with this guy when it's rough, too, because we can't just stick with him when it's good. You know what? This isn't drugs. This isn't, I don't know, drunk driving, which is also a terrible thing to do because you could kill someone or yourself or a friend or a stranger. It is a terrible thing to do. But at least you are not one-to-one -one hitting a person in, a, in their face with your hands. I said to one of my baseball, one of my teammates, just we were talking briefly about the discrepancy between PEDs and domestic violence uh, penalties in baseball. And I think I already said this on the podcast, but it bears repeating. I said, I think the the punishments should be changed and flipped. I think that if you get take PEDs, it sh you shouldn't be out for the postseason. And I think if you get in trouble for domestic violence, arrested, whatever, you shouldn't be able to play baseball anymore. And he was like, why? You know, not, not just like trying to understand. And I was like, well, look, one of them is a choice. The thing about PEDs is there is a possibility that it is an accident. There is. You can debate me and say most people are, okay, sure, sure, most people are taking PEDs on purpose. There is a possibility that a doctor says this is cortisone and then they put something in you and you don't know it because you are not a doctor and you are a baseball player and you believe them. But there's no world where you are looking at another human being and you hit them in the face and it is someone else's fault. I don't care how many drugs you're on, how much you've had to drink. That's your responsibility. You still did it. And there's no excuse for doing that. So I will try next season to not shit on the Cubs too much because I'm sure there's a lot of Cubs fans on here. But holy shit. And to anybody that's ready to write me a thing about how don't throw stones and tell me the whole history of every domestic abuser that's played for the Dodgers. I understand that. Every team... Every team has had somebody on it that is a piece of shit. So, yes, I get it. What I, I'm always trying to talk about is right now. And I know that I mentioned 2016. I'm talking about that they won a World Series that is a big deal that everybody lost their shit about, rightfully so, because they hadn't even been in the World Series in 50-plus years. And then they hadn't won one in 108. But that's why I bring it up. Because it's not fair to time to erase that from the narrative and just 
make it some fine thing. It's not fair to domestic violence to remove that guy from the narrative of the Cubs World Series. It's not fair. Just like it wouldn't be fair if Cleveland had won to erase Chief Wahoo from all the pictures and act as though it, that had never happened. And I'm not equating the two. I'm just saying you don't erase it from there. There will be a time in Cooperstown when there will be a, a, an exhibit or a plaque with all that Cleveland shit, and it will say this was a mistake. So you have to leave the mistakes in. If you delete the mistakes, then we don't think we made any mistakes, and then we keep making the same mistakes. Because get, Because guess what? You think you can just delete them. Okay. <laughs> I'll be back after this, actually. Sorry to make you listen to another ad, but that's what I got to do. Plus, I didn't do the movie, so I just have the traits to talk about. I got on a domestic violence jag. Donate if you can. If you've got some extra cash, please donate to, I don't know, Rain or a Domestic Violence Network or your local shelter. Um, they're always in need of socks and underwear. That's a thing that homeless shelters need, and that's a thing that um, domestic violence shelters need. So if you can, this holiday season, donate donate toys to kids who need them, but also please donate socks and underwear. Um, just go to Target and grab the cheap stuff. People just need something. Um, a lot of people leave bad situations with only what they have on their backs. So... If you can do that this holiday season, I would really appreciate it. We'll be right back after this. It's me, Rhea Butcher, here to talk to you about my favorite underwear. That's right, Tomboy X. My favorite underwear on the planet. They are not only a great company, but they make wonderful stuff. They're micro-modal boxer briefs. The long ones and the short ones. Well, not the long, long ones. My pants are too tight for those. I like the four inch and the six inch ones. Those are my two favorites in black. I just have a big old drawer of those big old drawer of drawers. They make me feel great. They feel comfortable and they look good. So it's time to stop wearing underwear that doesn't make you feel confident. Underwear with more frills than function or underwear that your mom got you from Target to fem you up. Underwear that's made to fit you and how you see yourself. That's what you need. Tomboy X makes bikinis, briefs, boxer briefs, trunks, and boy shorts, as I mentioned. Soft bras, which are great when you're taking time off from using a binder, which I do. I personally use one because it makes my shirts look a lot better. Other people have many different reasons for using them, but their soft bras are absolutely wonderful for, for those Sundays or Saturdays or every day that you're taking off from that little guy. They also make racerback bras and in everyday basic colors, fun seasonal prints and brilliant colors and all options, as I've said, come in extra small to 4X. So regardless of where you fall on the size or gender spectrum, Tomboy X offers amazing underwear that anybody feels comfortable in. So go to TomboyX.com baseball and check out their special bundles and pack pricing. And Three Swings listeners get an extra 15% off with code baseball. Again, code baseball for an extra 15% off. So ditch whatever you're wearing for a pair of Tomboy X underwear. Go to TomboyX.com baseball. All right, here we go. I'm going to finally get into these trades, and then I'm going to let you get off to your day and enjoy it. So, although the biggest names, Bryce Harper and Manny Machado, haven't made any decisions yet, it's been a busy and surprising offseason so far. The big one, the big dog that happened the other day was Paul Goldschmidt going to the Cardinals, which was a big shock for me. I did not think that was going to happen. I thought that dude was going to retire at Diamondback, personally. Um, he just is, to me, the face of the gold 
Goldenbacks? <laughs> okay. Please leave that in. Uh, he's the face of the Diamondbacks, is he not? I mean, he's just Goldie has been the D-backs the whole time. So pretty shocking. The Cardinals in- acquire infielder Paul Goldschmidt. Uh, Diamondbacks acquire uh, right-handed pitcher Luke Weaver. Uh, catcher Carson Kelly and infielder Andrew Young and a 2019 competitive balance round B draft pick number six. I don't know what any of that bullshit is and I don't care. Um, I liked Luke Weaver a lot and I liked him on the Cardinals. Um, pretty wild trade. I mean, I guess this then this also shifts Matt Carpenter over to your everyday third baseman. So I'm curious how that's going to work out because boy, oh boy, did he have a monster second half, you know, and you can't get rid of that guy. So, I mean, the Cardinals are looking pretty good, I think, and the NL East and the NL Central are looking real competitive, and I like it, and we'll get into that even more, but um, I, I'm I'm just really surprised. I really thought, I just, that's all I got, is that I thought Goldschmidt was going to be a Diamondback forever. Um, and then we've got Gene Segura and Carlos Santana. The Mariners acquire first baseman Carlos Santana, former Cleveland baseball player <laughs> and infielder J.P. Crawford and the Phillies acquire shortstop Gene Segura, left-handed pitcher James Pazos and right-handed pitcher Juan Nicasio. Uh, that's an interesting one. I mean, they had a, a hole at shortstop that they needed to fill and then they they had a surplus of first baseman and uh, Carlos is just not, he's just not as productive as he once was. I love that dude. I really do, but he's just not the producer and he's not even as consistent as he used to be. Um, and he's not that good of a first baseman and they've got Reese Hoskins, you know, sort of dwindling out there in uh, left field. So I feel like it's going to be nice to have Reese in the infield. Then they've got a spot in the outfield that they can potentially fill. Um, right Phillies again, Nobody believed me when I said the Phillies were going to play well. I think they're going to play even better this season. Then we've got the Robinson-Cano trade. The Mets acquire second baseman Robinson-Cano, right-handed pitcher, relief pitcher Edwin Diaz, and Cash. The Mariners acquire outfielder Jay Bruce, outfielder Jared Kalenic, and right-handed pitchers Anthony Swarzak, Gerson Batista, and Justin Dunn. This one is an interesting one, and I feel like the Mets really won on this trade. Uh... I mean, even just for Diaz, he he just came off he the saves leader of the year, and uh, they had no closer. They lost so many games with no run support. I think I don't know what I don't know what the Mariners are doing. Honestly, the Mariners are giving away all their good shit and uh, getting I would say unfortunately mediocre players back. So I thought they were really kind of going for it, and then I guess you know they didn't have the season they thought they were going to have, and so another trading out everything it's kind of shocking to me I wasn't wasn't prepared for that I thought the Mariners the M's were going to go for it um so then we've got Nathan Eovaldi re-signing with the Red Sox which I I mean who didn't see that coming I think uh anybody any team trying to pick him up would be like silly because Look, he that game that he pitched where he essentially pitched a whole nother game and was throwing his arm off, um, to me was like, this dude has to... He's either getting picked back up by the Red Sox or he's retiring, <laughs> you know? Because uh, he's had two Tommy John surgeries. They uh, The Red Sox agreed to a four-year, $67.5 million deal with free agent righty and postseason hero Nathan Eovaldi. And look... I don't think that dude's going to make it four seasons. 
I just think his, uh, I mean, he's developed a splitter and he's developed a, a, a better array of pitches, but in terms of longevity and stuff like that, dude, I, I don't know, two, two more, maybe pitchers just aren't lasting the way they're lasting. Um, and then also, uh, just a rumor like that Corey Kluber is going to be traded. He probably will, which I feel many ways about. Cause to me, he's, he's Cleveland. He's their ace, but also he's on the decline and it doesn't surprise me that the Dodgers want to pick up an ace on the decline because they just, their moves have always been really silly to me. And apparently they got rid of the front office Faidi, uh, and perhaps Dave Roberts is going to make better decisions now. So I'm willing to give him that chance, but good Lord. I mean, Corey Kluber's back is a problem and it's not going to get any better. You don't just keep throwing baseballs a hundred miles an hour and then magically your back gets better. It just doesn't work like that. Uh, also Cleveland re-signed Carlos Carrasco. So it seems like they're bumping him up to the head of the rotation. Going to maybe hang on to everybody else. Um, now that the Mets have gotten a lot of people and aren't trading Thor, perhaps they're going to just get rid of Kluber. I mean, who are they going to get for Kluber? That's what I'm curious about. Because then I think they need another pitcher. They trade Kluber. So our last one is potentially our biggest one in terms of uh, interest or surprise. Patrick Corbin signs with the Nationals. The Washington Nationals signed free agent starting pitcher Patrick Corbin to a six-year, $140 million free agent contract. The Nationals are really going for it. The NL East is now super stacked. Shocked that the Yankees couldn't pull Corbin. That would have, I feel like, maybe guaranteed them a spot in the World Series had they picked him up with the rotation that they've already got going. Uh, Interesting spot with the Nationals. I think a lot of people are saying that... uh, Picking up Corbin is a sign to Bryce Harper that they want him to stay. And it seems like they want him to stay. I wonder if he's going to stay. I'll say this. This is what I feel like about the Corbin thing. I'm happy for Sean Doolittle. (laughs) Straight up, like at this point, I feel so many ways about baseball. And it just is what it is. And I've liked having a team and stuff. And I'll always root for the Dodgers. And I'll probably get pulled back into that team. But I'm getting a Doolittle jersey this year. Market. I'm getting a Doolittle jersey this year. If you want to buy me one, feel free. Sean, if you're listening, feel free to send me a jersey of you. And we will end this episode talking about the women's baseball world rankings. The World Baseball and Softball Confederation, otherwise known as the WBSC, released their updated world rankings for women's baseball on December 5th. So, coming in at 12, we've got Puerto Rico. Number 11, the Netherlands. Number 10, Hong Kong. Number 9, Dominican Republic. Number 8, South Korea. Number 7, Cuba. Number 6, Australia. Number 5, Venezuela. Number 4, USA. Sorry, I just, you know, it's only for this. 3, we've got Taiwan. 2 is Canada. And number 1, as you guessed it, Japan. Women's World Cup winners. 2018 best team in women's baseball japan everybody so this has been wonderful thanks for listening to this brief yet fun and informative episode of three swings i am hoping to get that review episode out to you i apologize for all the stops and starts on it but guess what it's difficult to get two people to watch a movie and then also spend two hours talking about it It's a lot more difficult than you think. Podcasts are not hard, but the scheduling of them sometimes is. So I appreciate everyone's kindness 
going to try to get one episode out in December and then maybe two more in January. But I don't know. I'm also going on the road. What's that? You're going on the road? Yes, I'm going on the road. I'm going to tell you about all those dates right now, which you should listen to me as I say them. I'm really excited about it. Happy to go do these shows. On January 17th, I'll be at, back at SF Sketchfest. Uh, that's at the Gateway Theater at 8 p.m. on the 17th. Get your tickets now. On the 18th of January, I'll be in Boise, Idaho at the Balcony Club. And then on the 19th of January, I'll be at Mississippi Studios. The first show at 7 is sold out. The second show was added at 10 p.m. I don't think that one's sold out just yet, but you should buy your tickets very, very soon. On the 20th, I'm in Seattle. I'm at the Crocodile Cafe, but that is also sold out. So I'm thinking about adding a second show. Let me know if you think I should. On the 24th of January, I'll be at the Tempe Improv in Arizona. And then on the 25th of January, I'll be at uh, 191 Tool in Tucson, Arizona. On the 16th of February, I'll be in Santa Ana, California at the Frida Cinema. On Friday the 1st of March, I'll be at Thalia Hall in Chicago. On the 2nd of March, I'll be at the Gramercy Theater in New York. And then that following weekend, I'll be in Vermont in Burlington. Uh, March 7th through the 9th for five shows. And then Tuesday, March 19th, I'll be in Fort Worth, Texas at the Amphibian Stage for shows from the 19th through the 23rd. All tickets and info that is available are available through my website at riabutcher.com slash live, live dates. So please check that out. Thank you so much for listening. Uh, I would do a thank you for listening for the year, but I promise I'm going to get this other episode out. Whew. So... Thanks for listening. We'll be back with a review of a baseball movie with my friend, Paul F. Tompkins, very soon after this. Uh, please rate, review, subscribe, tell a friend, follow us on our social media, and as always, if you liked it, you liked it. Forever Dog. This has been a Forever Dog production. Executive produced by Brett Boehm, Joe Cilio, and Alex Ramsey. For more original podcasts, please visit foreverdogpodcasts.com and subscribe to our shows on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Keep up with the latest Forever Dog news by following us on Twitter and Instagram at Forever Dog Team and liking our page on Facebook.